0: Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to For Fox Sake, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen, gelling like a felon, and the Lady Katie over there is giving me a look that's kind of shady. Are you having fun? Well, I am blonde again, and you know what they say. We do have more fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sh- yeah, sure. Let's, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Or, hear me out. Let's just fly into the Phoenix Flashback. Last week, we covered the first part of Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil, and the somewhat corresponding film scenes. Our heroes find themselves smack-dab in the middle of a murder-muncher buffet. Harry has a one-track mind when it comes to his dog father, until the siren song of meddling calls him. Neville puts on his big-boy pants when faced with the prospect of vengeance. Bellatrix is just as unhinged as her wanted posters would suggest. Luckily, villains are very easy to stall while attack plans get whispered between our heroes. Hermione tries to stop Harry from poking the bear, but that's nothing but futile. And Lucius had a snowball's chance in hell to get the prophecy. Unfortunately, he's melting quick.
0: During episode 182, it's the little dings. Our Potter pondering was, do you think Nagini could have picked up the prophecy for Voldemort since she has part of his soul inside her? G'day guys, Jackson here with my Potter of pondering for this week. While it's an interesting question, I don't think that Nagini could have picked up the prophecy. I mean, yes, she shares part of him in her as a Horcrux, but I think it's pretty explicitly said that only those who the prophecy are about, the actual person themselves, can pick it up. And besides, would she have been able to? I mean... I guess she could fit it in her mouth. We all know about the whole unhinging the jaw thing, but... but, Nah, I don't think so. I don't think Nighini could have done it. It's an interesting question, though.
2: Hi, this is Jessica calling in my Potter pondering for this week. If Nagini could grab the prophecy, I think she could potentially, but it brings up more questions about the protection spells in place, like how specific they are and whatnot. Is, like, the small piece of his soul enough for it to recognize her as him? But also, how would Nagini grab it? Like, physically? Would she swallow it and then, like, regurgitate it at Valdi's feet? I'm just trying to picture her, like, randomly sprouting hands. We know she can't transform into a human anymore, so how would she Get it and not, like, break it in the process of, like, trying to grab it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just, like, thinking of all the ways in which she, like, does she have, like, a little pouch? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how she would, like, just physically grab it, let alone, like, getting past the protection spells in the first place, so I don't know. Yeah, so that makes me curious, and it just puts a bunch of uh, little images in my head. We need, like, a... That's a montage that you could do. Nagini trying to grab the prophecy off the shelf without shattering it.
0: <laughs> Hi, Ellen This is Tom. My answer for why Walmart didn't use Nagini to get the prophecy is I kind of thought you tried already. I honestly thought that's what Nagini was doing when she got distracted
2: by Arthur Weasley and decided to attack. I just assumed that he who must not be named, didn't use her again for because she would get distracted.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for your responses. Our trivia
1: question last week was, which Death Eater does Hermione hit with Silencio before he can finish yelling out Harry's location? Harry recognizes the silenced murder muncher as Antonin Dalahov as he mimes for Harry to give him the prophecy or he will kill Hermione.
0: Like he wasn't gonna kill them all anyway once he got the prophecy. Right? Evil guys aren't smart. No. That's why they're evil. Exactly. Congratulations goes to Kalista Whitewolf. She's up to three weeks in a row, which is a pretty good streak, especially when you consider how inconsistent we've been so far. Here's hoping that that gets better, and when it does, do you think she'll keep this streak going? We shall see. For
1: now, let's dive into Part 2 of the very long Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil, and the missing a lot of details corresponding film scenes.
0: Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil, Part 2. A Death Eater tries to grab them, and Harry elbows him in the masked face. Everyone is yelling cries of pain among thunderous crashes as the shelves collapse upon themselves and the seers speak their prophecies all at once. Harry finds their path clear and sees Ron, Ginny, and Luna sprint past them, arms overhead. Something heavy hits him on the side of the face, but he ducks and runs on. A hand catches his shoulder, but with Hermione's shouted stupefy, the hand disappears. At the end of row 97, Harry turns right and begins to sprint, hearing footsteps behind them and Hermione's voice urging Neville on. He pelts through the doorway into the room with the glittering bell jar, still holding the prophecy, and waits for the others to hurtle in behind him before slamming the door. Hermione pants out call a portus, and the door seals itself with an odd squelching noise. Harry asks where the others are since he thought they were ahead of him and would have beat them to this room, but there's nobody there. Hermione replies that they must have gone the wrong way, but Neville shushes them to listen. Harry puts his ear to the door and hears Malfoy yell at the other Death Eaters to leave not, that his injuries will be nothing to the Dark Lord compared to losing the prophecy. Malfoy directs the Death Eaters to split into pairs to search, To be gentle with Harry until they have the prophecy, but to kill the others if necessary. Hermione asks what they should do, and Harry says not stay there for a start. They run as quietly as possible toward the exit. They're almost there when Harry hears something heavy hit the door Hermione had sealed. A rough voice instructs someone to stand aside before using Alohomora to unlock the door. Harry, Hermione, and Neville dive under desks to hide. They can see the bottom of the Death Eater's robes approaching. One says they might have run right through, but the other says check under the desks. Harry sees one start to look and pokes his wand out from under the desk and shouts stupefy. The Death Eater falls backwards into a grandfather clock and knocks it over. The other Death Eater manages to avoid Harry's spell and is pointing his own wand at Hermione, who is crawling out from under the desk for better aim. He begins using the killing curse, but Harry launches himself at the Death Eater's knees, toppling him and spoiling his aim. Neville knocks over a desk in his anxiety to help, using Expelliarmus but disarming Harry as well. They both run after their wands, the Death Eater in front. Neville pursues and tells Harry to get out of the way. Harry dodges as Neville casts Stupefy, but misses, smashing a cabinet full of variously shaped hourglasses, which falls to the floor and bursts apart, sending glass flying everywhere before springing back to the wall fully mended and then falling and shattering again. The Death Eater gets to his wand and turns as Harry ducks behind another desk. He starts to shout Stupefy, but is hit by the same spell from Hermione, who has just caught up. He freezes, arms still raised, and his wand falls to the floor as he collapses backwards towards the bell jar. Harry expects to hear a clunk as the man hits solid glass, but instead the Death Eater's head sinks through the surface of the bell jar as though it's a soap bubble, and he comes to rest, his back on the table and his head lying inside the jar full of glittering wind. Hermione retrieves Harry's wand with a summoning charm, and he starts to say they should leave when Neville yells a warning. He's looking at the Death Eater's head in the jar. They raise their wands but pause, staring at the head as it quickly shrinks, getting balder as his black hair and stubble retract into his skull. His cheeks smooth, his skull rounds, and becomes covered with peach-like fuzz as his head reverts to a baby's head. The Death Eater struggles to get up and the head begins to grow again. Hermione is amazed to realize it's time as the Death Eater shakes his head. Before he can pull it out of the jar, it begins to shrink again. There's a shout from a nearby room, then a crash and a scream. Harry calls for his missing friends and Hermione shouts his name as he turns away from the baby-headed Death Eater. The Death Eater gets his head out of the jar, but it is still that of a baby's, and he's bawling loudly while his thick arms flail dangerously in all directions, nearly hitting Harry who ducks. Harry raises his wand, but Hermione grabs his arm, telling him he can't hurt a baby. Harry has no time to argue as he can hear more footsteps growing louder from the Hall of Prophecy and knows that he should not have shouted and given away their position. He, Hermione, and Neville run for the door that leads into the black hallway. They get halfway there before Harry sees two Death Eaters coming from that direction. He turns left instead and bursts into a small, dark, cluttered office and slams the door behind them. Hermione begins her door-ceiling charm, but it bursts open before she can finish, and the Death Eaters make it inside the room. They both yell Impedimenta, and Harry, Hermione, and Neville are all knocked off their feet. Neville is thrown over a desk and out of sight, Hermione is thrown into a bookshelf that spills all its books onto her, and the back of Harry's head slams into the wall behind him, making him dizzy. One of the Death Eaters begins to shout that they have Harry, but Hermione hits him with silencio. He continues to mouth the words, but without effect. He's pushed aside by the other Death Eater, but Harry hits that one with Petrificus Totalus, and he falls forward onto his face as his arms and legs snap together. Hermione starts to praise Harry for his spell when the Death Eater she had silenced makes a sudden slashing movement with his wand. A streak of purple flame passes right across Hermione's chest. She gives a tiny O and crumples to the floor motionless. Harry falls to his knees beside her as Neville crawls rapidly towards her from under the desk. The Death Eater kicks out at Neville's head as he comes out, breaking Neville's wand before hitting him square in the face. Neville howls in pain and recoils, clutching his mouth and nose. Harry twists around and recognizes Antonin Dolohov. Dolohov grins, pointing from the prophecy to himself, then at Hermione. Harry clearly understands, but replies that he knows he's going to kill them anyway the moment he hands it over, all the while mentally panicking over Hermione's condition. Neville tells Harry not to give the prophecy to Dolahov, but his voice is muddled by a broken nose in the blood. There's a sudden crash outside the door, and Dolahov looks to see the baby-headed Death Eater in the doorway, still flailing uncontrollably. Harry takes advantage and uses Petrificus Totalus again on Dolohov. Dolohov is also bound and falls across his comrade. Harry turns to Hermione, shaking her as the baby-headed Death Eater stumbles away, telling her to wake up. Neville asks what Dolohov had done to her, but Harry has no idea. Neville feels Hermione's wrists and tells Harry that he definitely feels a pulse. Harry is profoundly relieved and they pause as he listens for more footsteps but can only hear the baby-headed Death Eater. He whispers to Neville that they're not far from the exit and says that he should take her out of here and try to go for help. Neville asks what he's going to do and Harry says that he's going to go find the others. Neville insists on coming and says they can bring Hermione with them, that he can carry her. They lift Hermione onto Neville's shoulders and Harry gives Neville her wand. Neville kicks away the remains of his wand and says that his gran is going to kill him because that had been his dad's old wand. Harry looks around and decides that the baby-headed Death Eater isn't a threat. They move back towards the black hallway, which is deserted. The door closes behind them and the walls begin to move. Harry notices that Hermione's fiery exes are gone. Before they can decide which door to try, a door to their right opens and three people fall out of it. Harry dashes towards Ron, Ginny, and Luna, starting to ask if they're all right, but Ron cuts him off, giggling weakly as he stumbles and grabs Harry's robes, eyes unfocused. Harry asks Ginny what had happened, but she just shakes her head and sinks to the floor, holding her ankle and closing her eyes as she breathes shallowly. Luna reports that she heard Ginny's ankle crack and says that four Death Eaters had chased them into the room full of planets. One of the Death Eaters had grabbed Ginny's ankle and it broke when Luna had blown up Pluto in his face. Harry asks about Ron and Luna says she doesn't know what got him, but that he's gone a bit funny. Harry decides they should just keep moving, asking Luna if she can help Ginny. Luna agrees, tucking her wand behind her ear. Ginny tries to insist that she can do it herself, but she collapses as she tries to stand and holds on to Luna for support. Harry pulls Ron's arm across his shoulders and starts for another door. As he does, a different door opens and Bellatrix bursts in with two other Death Eaters. They shoot stunning spells from across the room at the kids, and Harry hurries through the door in front of him flinging Ron unceremoniously in front of him and ducking back to help Neville with Hermione before slamming the door just as Bellatrix reaches it. Harry shouts Coloportis just in time and hears body slam into the door he had just sealed. One of the Death Eaters says it doesn't matter since there are other ways in and then shouts to the other Death Eaters that they'd found them. Harry turns and realizes they're back in the brain room, which does have doors all around the walls. He can hear more footsteps as the other Death Eaters come to join the first ones. Harry calls to Luna and Neville to help him as he runs down the room, sealing the doors as they go. Harry hears more bodies hitting the doors as they seal them. As he reaches the top of the room, he hears Luna shout and turns to see her flying through the air before hitting a desk, as five Death Eaters surge into the room behind her.
1: The movie picks up as Harry, Ron, Hermione, Ginny, Neville, and Luna run from the Death Eaters and are stopped in their tracks as Lucius appears in front of them in a swirl of smoke. They quickly change directions and Luna finds herself face to face with a masked Death Eater. He smacks her in the face and knocks her backward to the floor, but she quickly lifts her wand and casts Levicorpus, sending the Death Eater flying up and away from her. As Harry runs down another aisle, Neville casts Petrificus Totalus on another Death Eater, leaving him frozen on the floor. Luna congratulates him as she grabs his hand and pulls him down the aisle. Hermione and Ron run to the end of another aisle and meet up with Harry as several Death Eaters appear around them. They send more stunning spells at them and take off running again, as the Death Eaters deflect them and disappear and reappear alongside them. Hermione begins magically sending the prophecies off their shelves to deter them, as Harry manages to hit one of them with stupefy. All six Hogwarts students run into each other, where several aisles converge, and Ginny sends a reductor curse towards the Death Eaters that brings down the entire aisle of shelves and orbs. Harry yells for them to get back to the door as Neville grabs Luna's hand and pulls her away from the falling shelves. They all take off running again as the shelves collapse behind them, sending thousands of orbs crashing to the ground and the shelves tumbling over like dominoes. They make it to the door and jump through it, falling several stories into a new room and stopping at a hover just before they hit the floor. They then drop the last foot and all carefully get up as Harry looks at the orb, still safely in his hand. Ron declares the Department of Mysteries to be aptly named, and as they all stand, a whispering can be heard coming from a stone archway in the center of the room. Harry asks if anyone can tell what the voices are saying, and Hermione insists that there aren't any voices, and that they should get out of there. Luna is also looking up at the arch, and says that she can hear them too, but Hermione continues to insist that it is just an empty archway. Harry turns and yells for them to get behind him, holding his wand up as the other five move around him and raise their own wands, ready for the incoming Death Eaters. In a swirl of smoke, masks, and robes, Harry is left lying on the ground, still clutching the prophecy. He stands and looks around, seeing his friends each held at wand point by a Death Eater.
0: It's kind of amazing. Is it? That there are similarities here. There are. When it's so fucking different. it's really rough it's one of those things where like the gist of it is the same yeah like they're at the department of mysteries they're running from death eaters harry's trying to keep the prophecy safe Mm-hmm. they're getting their asses whooped but getting in a few good hits themselves yeah like so much is the same <laughs> except for the details yeah <laughs> the
1: basics are there everything else is like
0: what Yeah, and like so much so to the point that when I was going through our notes trying to organize this, I was just like, I don't know how to line this up. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to talk about what the book did, and then we're going to talk about what the movie did more like didn't do.
1: That feels like what we've been doing for almost four years, but sure, yeah. Well,
0: sometimes it lines up a little better than this. Not this time. This is also kind of strange because it's the first time we've ever had to divide a chapter into three parts. Yeah, this is new and different for us. So we had like the setup, and then we'll have the conclusion. But this is like the middle part where it's all of the details. Mm -hmm. And the movie never does the details right. So I don't know why I was kind of surprised.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what you were thinking there, Ellen. Jeez. It's that stupid optimism. Sometimes it
0: just lets me down.
1: (laughs) Optimism always lets me down. That's why I don't have any.
0: But this part of the book, like I said, we're now in like the middle of the chapter, mm-hmm. starts off while they're on the run from the Death Eaters, as mentioned.
1: Like we said, yeah.
0: Harry had just told them to smash the shelves, and they all hit them with reducto, which we already know is different than how they did it in the movie, even though that does happen, just not in the same way. Yes. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But they've smashed the shelves. Things are falling. It's kind of cleared a path for them so now they're like fucking run (laughs) (laughs) and that's where we are like this is where this is picking up they've got these other death eaters because it starts off in the book with all 12 of the death eaters there yeah like they are outnumbered two to one and they are there in the beginning just surrounding them shit is going down oh yeah Mm -hmm. and a bunch of that shit is prophecies that are shattering to the floor yeah Which is interesting because as they're all shattering, it's causing them to go off. Yeah. So they have all of these prophecies basically playing at once, but then you have the Death Eaters screaming and probably their own pulses like pounding in their ears. Mm -hmm. So there's just such a cacophony of noise that nobody really has any idea what's actually going on and you can't hear the prophecies anyway.
1: I find it interesting that the prophecies can only be retrieved by someone who the prophecy is about but apparently if you just knock it off the fucking shelf you can hear it anyway
0: but it also destroys it because mike was wondering if the spheres are only able to be viewed or listened to once but i think that if the person who it's about actually touches it they can maybe access it and then put it back and access it whenever it's probably but like a handheld. If the gif. only way to hear it is to destroy it and let it crack open and start playing that way then it would only be once because it's destroyed
1: i mean that's not how it happened in the movie because harry was looking at it and he could hear it
0: but it was about him so i mean it was about him but like even though the movie did that wrong that's not how it happened in the book
1: (laughs) i haven't gotten to say that's not how it happened in the movie in a very long time so
0: you will at this point
1: (laughs) I just did. So there. Yeah.
0: But like you can legitimately get to your section and be like, yeah, that's not how it happened in the movie because it's not. <laughs> There's so much that happens in this section that the movie doesn't even think about, let alone show us. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, the shelves kind of clear their path and they take off running. Ronjini and Luna are in the lead they just they get out ahead of everybody harry starts to follow after them but he does get caught something grabs him on the shoulder or someone i should say and hermione stupefies him so the hand falls off and harry's able to get away gets to the end of row 97 where they are turns right and just starts sprinting to the door mm-hmm. he can hear hermione urging neville on behind them and they're not too far behind so he makes it through the doorway. He's back in that room with the glittering bell jar. Still has a good grip on the prophecy because that's the whole fucking point of this at this point. Pretty much. And as soon as Neville and Hermione come in behind him, he slams the door shut. And Hermione seals it with Coloportus, Which the week that we skipped an episode since it was my last week of school. And just kind of insane with all of the different programs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just posted a trivia question for funsies. And this was the trivia question. So which was our trivia question then? Sort of. Yeah. Just a fun one. Wasn't for anything. Got some good responses on that actually, because I asked what the spell to lock a door is. Mm-hmm. And Jessica said Lockadorio. Lockadoria. I like that. And Aromahola. Whoa. Whoa. Aloha backwards.
1: Yeah, but that sounds way dirtier.
0: Like <laughs> of course it that does. That sounds so dirty. Dave said dorgarium lachiosa. Sure. Ian actually knew it was coloportis. But my personal favorite one was when Diana said unlohamora. (laughs) Which made me comment that it could be delohamora also. And then I thought about it. I said, unless it's Hawaiian, because then theoretically it could still be alohamora. God damn it, Ellen. God damn it. So I just had to share that because it was pretty funny. Kind of makes me want to do more of those too, just randomly. Yeah. Just little fun ones. But then the door, coloportus, causes the door to seal itself. Apparently it makes a squelching noise while doing that. Mike wanted to know if that was a necessary detail. Like, why? Squelching? Like, that's an awful word.
1: Squelching is a very disgusting word. Yeah. That brings to mind, like, your shoes when you're walking in the rain. Right. That's not comfortable.
0: No, it's kind of unpleasant, downright. And that's the most
1: PG thing I can think of as well. So. Let's not get into that. I'm like, I not. know we have
0: the rating, it's there, but <laughs> Harry Potter. So anyway, at this point, Harry realizes that the others are not in the room. So they're missing half their party. Mm-hmm. He's just like, they were ahead of us. Where'd they go? So Hermione thinks they may have gone the wrong way. Like, Harry turned right at the end of 97. Maybe they accidentally turned left. Who knows? Mm-hmm. At this point, Neville interrupts them because he's like, hey, somebody's coming. Listen, Harry puts his ear to the door and he can hear Malfoy yelling at the other murder munchers to just forget about not. This is one of the ones that got stupefied laying on the ground. That's probably the one who put his hand on Harry's shoulder. And Douchous Malfoy is just like, forget him. His state is nowhere near as important as us losing this prophecy. Like we cannot lose this prophecy. Voldy's gonna be pissed about that mm-hmm. he's not gonna care that much about not so let's move on big facts this also made Mike wonder why Dumbledore didn't just take the prophecy ahead of time like they knew that Voldemort wanted it so why didn't he just take it and put it in protection like he did with the sorcerer's stone slash philosopher's stone depending on which version you're reading
1: maybe because it wasn't
0: technically about him it was told to him Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to grab it, but I suppose he theoretically could have gotten Harry to, to get it someplace safe, but...
1: But he wasn't talking to
0: Harry, so... Yeah, he couldn't let Harry know about it.
1: Plus, to be fair, let's just discuss all of these measures that are put in place. (laughs) He was probably kind of like... Yeah, that, that's good. It's in the Department of Mysteries. That's You'd super think. Mysterious. There are a lot of
0: protections in place. Like, it literally uh, has driven people crazy who tried to touch it. So,
1: yeah. He probably a lot thought of it was perfectly
0: safe on. there. Also, I mean, Dumbledore would have been perfectly capable to just get into the ministry and take it for himself if he were able to touch it. Mm, true. But it's not like he was on good speaking terms with the ministry at this point to make a plan like that. So, that is another very good point. Yes. Anyway, that was an aside. Deucious Malfoy is directing the Death Eaters to just split into teams, like partner up, go find them. Don't hurt Harry yet until the prophecy's safe. But go ahead and kill the others if you want to. Like that's totally fine. Like if necessary Sure. Yeah. He does say if necessary. I'm like If necessary. I feel like the very first thing that a Death Eater does when he encounters Hermione is try and use a vodka cadaver on her. So clearly, <laughs> like if necessary was a very loose direction. Because I don't see how it was necessary to Avada Kedavra, Hermione, in this moment when all she's doing is climbing out from under a desk, which was a stupid move to begin with. Because they're in this room that's just full of desks.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And they're coming up to the door. They're like hitting against it because it's sealed so they can't just easily get through it. But they can unlock it with Mora pretty simply, and they don't have enough time to fully get away, so they just dive under these desks for protection, Mm -hmm. and as the murder munchers start to approach, and Harry can see them from underneath the bottom of the desk, he, like, pokes his wand out and tries to stupefy one of them, manages to hit one. It says that he missed the other, so I don't know if he could, like, two for a spell, or if he shot two. It doesn't really specify that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But he hits the one, doesn't hit the other one, But Hermione is trying to climb out to get a better aim? Like, why? You're semi-safe under the desk. Why would you climb out? I mean, if it's between
1: getting some better aim and giving up your position, maybe just stay where the fuck you are.
0: Right. So the moment that she comes out from under the desk to get better aim, this murder muncher is like, Avada Kedavra, like... A little overzealous, if you ask me.
1: I don't know. It seems like the
0: right go-to. I don't know that it was necessary. Like, I'm just gonna willy-nilly kill a child at the ministry. Like, how are they gonna fucking hide that?
1: Have we met the murder munchers yet?
0: Okay, okay. Before, I mean... That's fair. Touche. They're really not
1: going for the moral high ground here.
0: Okay, that's accurate.
1: I mean, if you're gonna judge a murder muncher based on whether or not he'll kill a child... It all started because their boss tried to kill a fucking child.
0: You know what? So They don't have a good role model. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he's going for the kill shot. But Harry cuts him off. Not with a spell. He just launches himself at the murder muncher's knees and just topples him over. Messes up his aim. So, yay. I guess that's one way of doing it. Mm, True. And then in this moment, Neville... Is so desperate to help that he just kind of knocks the entire desk over. Like you do. Yeah. He manages to cast Expelliarmus and disarms the murder muncher and Harry. Oh, Neville. I mean. This is not book seven Neville yet, for sure. Baby tried. He did try. And he did disarm the murder muncher. Yeah. Naturally, both Harry and the murder muncher go running for their wands. And the murder muncher is kind of out in front. So Neville tries to continue pursuing and tells Harry to get out of the way. Harry dodges. Neville casts Stupefy. It misses. He does end up smashing a cabinet that's full of different sized hourglasses. Gee, I wonder what those are. Yeah, well, it was mentioned in just general passing that he smashed this cabinet full of time turners. Yeah. We do get that confirmed a little later on because we know that she did that on purpose. So she didn't have to deal with the paradox created by the ability to mess with time. Like, why would you not include that in more stories? Oh, because I destroyed them all. Yeah. Conveniently. Seems very convenient, doesn't it? It was very convenient, for Mm -hmm. sure. But this is, you know, it's got that bell jar. It's got the time turners, all of the clocks. This is the time room, as we mentioned from before. And what's really interesting that just kind of solidifies that theory for us is when the cabinet falls to the floor and bursts apart and the glass goes flying everywhere, it then springs back to the wall and fully mends itself before just repeating the process. Mm -hmm. So I have to kind of wonder if it just gets stuck in that time loop. And now for the rest of eternity, it's just breaking and repairing itself. Or if there's a way to reverse that. Or if you just have to destroy it for good.
1: I mean, I would think it would just be eternally break repair. break repair. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess.
0: And that seems reasonable. Mm Mm-hmm. Since we know that they were destroyed and couldn't be used. Conveniently. Conveniently. (laughs) But anyway, the murder muncher gets to his wand first. And Harry has to dive behind yet another desk. Because apparently there's just a shit ton of desks in this room. Sure. To dodge the stupefy spell that he tries to throw at him. But Hermione hits the murder muncher with stupefy before the stupefy can get hairy. So he just kind of collapses and yay day saved. Well, moment saved. Right. (laughs) Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. (laughs) What's really interesting here is the way that he freezes and falls. He ends up falling into that bell jar and Harry's expecting to hear, like, a thunk sound as he hits the glass, but he just sort of sinks into it like it's not solid. Mm-hmm. And it's just his head. He ends up falling back on this table. He's laying on a table with just his head in the side of the bell jar. Fun. Sylvia Plath would have some things to say about that. Right? <laughs> Hermione uses Accio to get Harry's wand back and... He starts to say that they need to get the fuck out of there. But Neville cuts him off to point out what's happening with the murder muncher whose head is in the bell jar. Mm -hmm. And they all like raise their wands and point at it. But then stop because they're watching his head shrink down to baby form. Just the head. Just the head. That's so disturbing. And then go back to adult form. Before going back to baby form. And it just kind of keeps going back and forth. It's yet another time loop. Which Mm -hmm. is when Hermione really figures it out. She's just like holy fuck it's time. Yeah. And then the murder muncher shakes his head. But before he can pull it out of the bell jar. It's going back down to baby. And what I imagine happened here. Is that. He's like mid pulling his head out. And is turning back into a baby. So he gets his head out. And is just in baby form. And I don't know if it'll continue changing once he's out of the bell jar. So is he just permanently stuck with Baby Head? I mean, I
1: want to think for the comedic angle that yes, he will be Baby Head Death Eater. And And does that mean Baby
0: Brain also? I mean, was he really that smart to begin with? Well, I'm just wondering, like, is he only gonna be able to cry is he gonna be able to talk at all is he gonna like not know how to properly use the bathroom are they gonna have to put him in diapers it's like what is happening with him
1: i think that you've thought way too much into this it's amusing (laughs) it is it's quite amusing however i don't like all these questions
0: (laughs) Because they just bring up very awkward answers. Well, I think that our Potter pondering is going to be a two parter. Because I want to know what other people think about this situation here, just for funsies. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> Bellatrix has to change his diaper? Right. That's what I'm saying. Or does he have enough, like, with the adult body, can he change his own diaper? Like, who knows? It's so. But funny. is he
1: smart enough to change his own? Diaper? I know, He's not right? Smart enough to shit his pants.
0: And is he gonna? Is his head gonna age? Eventually, who knows? Like normally, but just be younger than his body. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. it's
1: Like, man, you don't look a day over twenty. Yeah, well, you should see my ass. Right. That my looks, ass is like eighty. That looks ninety-seven. Cause it is. Yep. I don't know
0: about that. It's weird. Or maybe there's a way to reverse. Maybe. It. Who knows?
1: Yeah, but for for fun's sake, let's say it's not because it's funnier that way. You no. Know.
0: It's definitely entertaining. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they hear some noises coming from a nearby room. There's like a crash and a scream. So Harry yells for his friends. It's Ron, Ginny, and Luna that are missing at this point. And then Hermione yells for Harry because you've got this baby-headed murder muncher coming right at them. And Harry goes to attack him, but Hermione stops him and tells him that he can't hurt a baby. I mean, you can I think maybe you could have in this case.
1: However, I have to kind of agree, actually. It would be very weird to punch a baby, Death Eater baby,
0: or no. Hit him in the chest. Attack the body, not the head.
1: I guess, but then when it starts crying, like, because it's going to have baby cry. Stupefy
0: it. So, Petrificus Totalus, that's the way to go. Then it can't cry.
1: (laughs) I mean, and that should have just been the spell used right off i guess
0: i guess i don't know (laughs) regardless harry's yell alerts the rest of the murder munchers as to the location he's just like i should not have shouted and they have to take off running again which they were gonna have to anyway so it's not like he really did that big of a thing but they're making their way towards the door and some murder munchers come through it instead so they have to quickly turn directions and they end up through another door that leads them into this smaller office that's very kind of cluttered, slams the door behind them. Hermione starts to do the call of on that door as well, but doesn't make it in time. And they all get knocked backwards by impedimenta as some Death Eaters make it through the door. Neville gets thrown over a desk. Hermione knocks into a bookshelf and all the stuff falls on her. And Harry just hits his head right into the wall gets a little dizzy so a little bit. kind of dire yeah one of the murder munchers starts to shout that they have him mm-hmm. but apparently getting hit into a bookshelf is not that dire because hermione is able to get up and she uses silencio on him sure so even though he's like in the process of yelling we have harry potter he all of a sudden just completely loses his voice and even though his mouth keeps moving nothing's coming out another murder muncher pushes him out of the way and just kind of steps in and harry manages to hit that one with petrificus totalis so like i said they get in a couple of decent hits yeah i feel like i get silencio like you're trying to stop him from alerting the others but of all of the spells you could have done like take him out don't just say silencio And also stop praising each other because every time one of them, even in the movie, they do this. Yeah. Every time one of them does a spell that's halfway decent, they're like they're in class in the DA lessons. Well done, Neville. Oh, good job. And Hermione's in the process of praising Harry for this spell when that Death Eater that she silenced does apparently a silent spell that I don't know if it weakened what he was trying to do at all, but he does this slashing movement and sends this purple flame towards Hermione's chest and she says, Oh and just falls motionless to the floor.
1: See now she's
0: wishing she would have actually attacked him. Right. Yeah. Like that's all you did, Silencio? And then you're gonna stop and pray like Yeah. I
1: was saying stupefy and Silencio take the same amount of
0: time to say. Yeah, and have you never heard of a nonverbal spell? I know they haven't really started teaching them to you yet but you're Hermione you should have read about this in a book somewhere you
1: should know about these things
0: come on granted we do know that she does kind of lose her head a little bit in high tense moments that's true but yes but there's no wood (laughs) are you a witch or not (laughs) anyway Harry drops to his knees right next to her to check on her and Neville starts crawling towards them from under the desk that he collapsed over. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the murder muncher just kicks at his face, manages to both snap his wand and break Neville's nose. Impressive. So now we've got Neville on the floor. He's like rolling around in pain, blood spurting from his face. Sure. And Harry looks around to see who kicked him. And recognizes that it's Antonin Dalahov.
1: Which was our trivia question.
0: And he just sort of grins even though he can't talk. He just kind of plays a game of charades pointing at the prophecy to himself and then to Hermione. And Harry does understand this to mean like give me the prophecy or she dies. Mm -hmm. Or what happened to her will happen to you or something along those lines. And he's just like, yeah, okay. But the moment I give it to you, you're going to kill us all anyway. So I think I'll just hang on to it. Thanks.
1: That's what I never
0: understand about bad guys. Why do you think this threat's going to work? Yeah.
1: If you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. You're going to kill me anyway.
0: But if If... I do this, you're going to kill me, so...
1: Yeah. So why would I make this shit easier for you? No. I'm not going to
0: be doing that, sir. Come on. I suppose the only logical reason would be if you know you're going to die anyway, maybe there's a way to make it as least painful and drawn out as possible. But is that better? Not necessarily. No. In this case, putting it off buys them time to not die. So (laughs) we're getting there. But anyway, Harry sounds totally chill as he says this. He's just like, yeah, why would I do that? But internally, he's just like, I really fucking hope Hermione's okay. If he fucking killed her, I'm going to fucking kill him.
1: Understandable. He's just
0: kind of panicking. Yeah. Neville tells Harry not to give up the prophecy, which is kind of a ding too the movie yeah, we're not there yet in the but next we'll get section. to it It mm-hmm. does happen yeah but he also can't really talk through the broken nose and all the blood he just sounds really muddled uh, d- 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 Harry. right i think it's more like a don't give a Barry.
1: yeah that's probably more likely
0: then they hear a crash outside the door and this is enough of a distraction for dollahob who looks over to see the baby-headed murder muncher just flailing uncontrollably through the doorway. <laughs> so I imagine that he does have the mental capacities of a baby and can't really control this adult body very well.
2: I guess,
1: yeah.
0: But like I said, it distracts him. So Harry uses this opportunity to hit him with Petrificus Totalis, And Dolohov freezes, falls to the floor, kind of lands on top of the other one that was bound as <laughs> well. So now they're just like getting a pile of frozen Death Eaters at this point. That sounds fun death eater popsicles death pops death sickles murder munchies <laughs> i don't know i don't know anyway when the death eaters become the death eaten <laughs> yes not enough of them at no. this point though harry then tries to shake hermione awake and neville wants to know what Dolohov did but harry has no clue because he's not in ravenclaw and it's not like they're teaching them purple flame shit and defense against the dark arts especially not this year
1: right they're lucky they know the color purple this year
0: <laughs> all they know is pink <laughs> Ew. anyway neville checks her wrist and is positive that he can feel a pulse there mm-hmm. which i'm impressed that he knew to do that so good on you neville right harry finds this very relieving although it doesn't help the fact that she's still knocked unconscious and he stops and listens. To see if anybody else is approaching, but all they can hear is that baby headed murder muncher flailing (laughs) around. So it's like, that's probably okay. Like, he doesn't seem like he's much of a threat. So you should just take Hermione and try to get the fuck out of here. And Neville's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to try and find the others. And Neville's like, and I'm going to come with you. We'll just bring Hermione. I'll carry her.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Harry knows that they don't really have time to argue. So he's like, fine, whatever. And he helps get Hermione on Neville's shoulders and then gives him her wand because his is broken. Mm -hmm. Which I love knowing this little tidbit of information because Neville makes mention of how his grand's going to kill him because his wand that got broken was actually his dad's old wand. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting to think how poorly he did with spell work. Yeah. Using a wand that did not choose him. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like a nice little touch there.
1: Yeah. And how much better he does after he gets the new one. like His own
0: wand that shows him. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. I like that.
1: I get him wanting to use his dad's old wand. I'm kind of curious as to whether he wanted to use it or his gran wanted him to use it.
0: I'm thinking that his gran had him use it because he was barely showing traces of magic and she was always putting him down, that she probably didn't want to spend money on a new wand when they had a perfectly good wand that his dad didn't use anymore.
1: Yeah, that data would track for Gran Longbottom, for sure. Yeah. I'm just wondering if maybe for Neville it was more of a sentimental thing?
0: It could have been. He was saving the gum wrappers. It could have meant something to him to be using that wand. But maybe
1: the reason his grand was going to be pissed was because his grand may not have wanted him to
0: use it. I feel like if she didn't want him to use it, she wouldn't have let him use it. I think she didn't want to buy him one.
1: Yeah. All right. That's probably true. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of like different options here. He was definitely (laughs)
0: excited to get his own wand, but we'll talk about that more when we get there. Anyway. Yeah. So they get back to that big round room black hallway corridor type thing whatever it is it is deserted Mm -hmm. all of the doors are around the circle as they were before but now hermione's exes are gone so that must have just been a temporary spell yeah while they're trying to decide which door to go through another door opens and three people appear through it and yay they found ron Ginny, and luna
2: they Yay! actually fall through it,
0: because apparently it's just been a rough-ass day at this point. Mm-hmm. Harry runs towards them, trying to ask if they're okay, but Ron just starts giggling. Like, not a strong giggle. Something is wrong with him. <laughs> and he also stumbles and grabs Harry's robes to steady himself and looks a little loopy in the eyes. Like, he's very unfocused. I imagine he's a little high-looking. Yeah, something. Yeah. Harry then asks Ginny what happened, And she can't even answer. She just shakes her head and sinks down to the floor. She's grasping her ankle and just kind of breathing very shallowly, clearly in pain. Luna's the one who fills him in. They were in a room that was full of a bunch of different planets. I don't know if it was a place where you study the mysteries of the universe or something, but planets, miniature models of, I guess. But a murder muncher managed to grab a hold of Ginny's ankle right as Luna blew Pluto up in his face and it caused Ginny's ankle to snap. So she's pretty sure it's broken.
1: That sounds not good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And then Harry asks what happened to Ron and Luna's just like, I'm not sure what they got him with, but he's gone a little funny. Really, <laughs> Luna? Thank you for that. A little funny?
1: A, li- a little? I mean, a bit funny? Okay. Maybe to Luna that is a little funny. Just... yeah
0: maybe I don't know. he seems fairly normal to me but it's not really normal for him so
1: right can i also just say that i'm a little bit disappointed that luna did not make a moon blow up in a death eater's
0: face yeah because well, luna Pluto was and moon. closer probably who knows it <laughs> was rude just saying anyway Harry decides that they should keep moving and asks Luna if she'd be able to help Ginny. And Luna's like, yeah. And she tucks her wand behind her ear, which I just imagine like tucking a pencil behind her ear. But Mike pointed out that she either has very big ears or a kind of small wand.
1: It's not the size of the wand. It's how you use it, though.
0: Right. I like to believe that I would like stick the wand in my ponytail like chopsticks. (laughs) Yeah, I think I did that for a convention. (laughs) That'd be fun. Anyway, Ginny thinks that she can support herself and tries to, but then immediately collapses as she tries to stand up because fucking ankle's broken. Yeah. So she ends up having to hold on to Luna for support. And at this point, Harry's trying to support Ron. Neville's carrying Hermione and Luna's supporting Ginny. So basically half of them are down and the other half are trying to support them. So this is just not good at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: nothing is coming up Millhouse. at this point.
0: Not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> no. And now Harry's trying to drag Ron to another door. And as he's headed that way, a different one opens. And Bellatrix bursts into the room with two other murder munchers. So this is about as bad as it can get. They all three have their hands full or are down. Yeah. Not looking good. No. And of course, these three murder mungers immediately try to shoot stunning spells at them. But Harry manages to get through the door right in front of him, like just kind of throws Ron into the room and then goes back to help everyone else through. (laughs) And they manage to slam the door just as Bellatrix reaches it. Harry seals it with Coloportis this time. And here's the bodies hit the door. (laughs) Let the bodies hit the door! Let the bodies hit the door!
1: (laughs) God damn it, Ellen.
0: <laughs> I'd be mad, but only because you beat me it. to
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then apparently these Death Eaters don't know anything about Mora because they're like, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's other ways into that room, and they don't even try to unlock it.
1: I don't understand the point of locks in the wizarding world. I don't.
0: I don't. Well, apparently there are some that you can't Alohomora, but maybe you can only Alohomora ones that have been Collaportist.
1: Okay, but like. Why even have locks if something that is literally taught in your first year at Hogwarts is gonna unlock them all? Was it taught or was it Hermione that knew it? Standard Book of Spells, chapter one. Or four, or whatever it was. That's what she said. Well, okay, that was movie Hermione. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to say for sure. Maybe that's not when they teach because they're not trying to raise criminals. It just seems like the wrong call. Yeah. But anyway, regardless, they don't use Mora. They just go to find the other doors, which buys Harry at least a little bit of time. And he looks around and realizes they're back in that brain room. Brain room. (laughs) Or the Aquavirious Maggot Room, whatever you want to call it. Whatever it it is, yes. And there are doors all along the walls. Mm -hmm. So he's like, help me to the other two that are still standing, Luna and Neville, and yeah. he goes and starts trying to seal all of the doors just to kind of buy them a little bit more time, I guess. Because apparently this group's dumb and doesn't know about Alohomora or whatever. Yeah. So as he's sealing them, he can hear more bodies hitting the door.
1: Don't you don't fucking do,
0: Ellen. <laughs> God damn it. But when he reaches the top of the room and what is probably the last door at that point, he hears Luna shout and turns around just in time to see her go flying Backwards hitting a desk, and five Death Eaters just bursting right into the room. Well, dun 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 dun.
1: dun <laughs> that's where dun. I decided to cut it off because I mean, where else were you gonna cut it off? That's, it was pretty
0: intense. Yeah,
1: there's a lot going on there. A little
0: bit of a cliffhanger happening here.
1: <laughs> oh no! Whatever will happen to our heroes? So that's not exactly. That's not how it happens in the movie.
0: Not even exactly. That's not remotely how it happens in the movie. No,
1: that's not even a little bit. There is not a dicky bird of that happening in this movie. (laughs) Just the gist. Yes. (laughs) Instead, the Golden and Silver Trio are making their escape down one of the aisles in the ballroom. But, problem is, the murder munchers brought their smoke ponies, and those are pretty quick, so... Suddenly, Douchess Malfoy shows up directly in front of them, blocking their path. Like, what's up, bitch? I'm here. Yeah,
0: and like this is the moment where the other murder munchers are starting to show up. They weren't immediately surrounding them like they were in the book. Now they're smoke-ponying their way in.
1: They were like, well, let's let Lucius go in by himself, and then Bellatrix
0: comes in. Probably because they couldn't keep her back.
1: Well, yeah. And then everyone's like, all right, I guess we're all fucking coming in. Okay, cool. Let's do this.
0: They're making a run for it. We must go. To
1: the smoke ponies. Away.
0: Hi-ho, Smokey.
1: (laughs) But they all scurry to change directions. But Luna backs directly into a murder muncher and gets straight up jacked in the face, which is really sad to see just because she's Luna. Like, how are you going to punch Luna in the face?
0: That's so messed up. See above conversation. Murder munchers. Yes. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, if all you're right, totally cool and understanding of them being willing to use a vada cadaver on a child, why are you surprised that they're going to punch Luna in the face?
1: I mean, maybe it's more the fact that it's like physical. It feels more personal, I guess. I don't know. Sure. But unfortunately for that motherfucker... Luna brought her dueling wand today, and she just sends that bitch flying back with a well-placed levy corpus. So very obviously, he brought Fist to a wand fight, and he done learned that that's not what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you get for Jack and Luna in the face.
0: Just oh, it saying. was definitely well-earned. Mm-hmm. A well-earned levy corpus. Yes. Even though that's not how it happened in the book.
1: <laughs> it never is. Harry makes his way down another aisle as Neville fucks a bitch up with Petrificus Totalis, earning himself a nice little congrats from Luna as she grabs him and drags him away. Like I Again, was saying, to your point.
0: Yeah. Like, Why are you taking the time to congratulate people? This is not class. <laughs> you do not get a gold star. You're trying to survive. <laughs> to be
1: fair, she did say it as she was grabbing him, so maybe it was like to get his attention. Like, good job, Neville. Let's go. Let's
0: GTFO.
1: Yeah. So, But, again, to your point, yes. Like, just shut up and do another spell or something. Like, come on. Ron and Hermione catch up to Harry at the end of another aisle as they seem to be surrounded by more murder munchers. But it's cool, because they just toss some more stunning spells out and they take off once again. Right. Because, I mean, fuck it. The only problem being that the murder munchers reappear pretty much right alongside them as they run, which is disconcerting to say the least.
0: Those smoke ponies are really an unfair advantage. They really are. And also not how it happened in the book.
1: And also annoying. But Hermione figures, when in doubt, just destroy shit. You know, fuck all those other people who have prophecies. Though, to be fair, I mean, if they're good people, they're not going to care that their prophecy was destroyed because of children getting attacked. That's like they'll fair. Like, they'll care, but they're not going to care that that's why it got destroyed.
0: Kind of makes me wonder how many people even actually know there are prophecies relating to them.
1: Well, that's the thing is, I wonder if it's, like, unclaimed funds.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: with the government. Like, you have to actually go through channels to find out if you have a prophecy about you. Like, you huh. need to fill out Form forty six. Triple B in quadruplicate and bring that back during the hours of 11 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. <laughs> Tuesday through Tuesday. Wait in
0: line for 20 minutes and, and- <laughs> be told to return the next day.
1: All the red tape you've got to go through to, to get this shit. For sure. <laughs> but anyway, they're all running through this thing. Balls are flying. And somehow amongst all those different aisles, all six of them meet up again, which... That's pretty impressive, cause they're kids. Who knows where the fuck they're all going, right? Plot
0: armor. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it doesn't really make sense for the aisles to be converging like that either. It was weird. It was. It was very definitely. Yeah. A film choice.
1: <laughs> it was a choice. That's all we can say about it. it wasn't a good choice, but it was a choice. But Ginny shouts reducto at an impending murder muncher, and that bitch goes flying because, you know, Ginny's badass like that. Which is the only time we really get to see that in the movies, but at least they gave us something, I guess. Problem is, now all of the balls are going to the walls. Like, all of the shelves are falling. Balls are flying everywhere. Mass hysteria!
0: Yeah, and this is the closest we get To them all shouting Reducto Mm -hmm. and deliberately smashing the shelves. But even in this moment, it did not look like this was Ginny's intention. No, no, not at all. Because everybody is just like, fuck. And we know because they set this up earlier in the movie that she is good at Reducto because she did Reducto on their dueling dummy and just reduced it to ash. Mm hmm. So, I guess that's why they decided to give it to her in this moment, but I liked it better in the book. I'm sure you're surprised by that. What?
1: I'm sure you'll be thoroughly shocked that I actually agree with you there. So,
0: you know. I am glad that they gave Ginny that badass moment, though. Yeah. Because they did her so dirty otherwise. She at least deserved something.
1: Right. Still doesn't make up for
0: everything they left oh. out of her, but. I'm it's not saying something. that at all. No.
1: <laughs> But it's something at least. It's just
0: a it's an at least they did this much. It was wrong, but they did it. Yeah. Yay. (laughs)
1: Woohoo, I guess. Woo. So Harry pulls out the white flag and calls for a retreat, tells everyone to head back to the door in a goddamn hurry. Like, let's do this.
0: Which is definitely a little ding. Yeah. Again, it's the little dings. It's the little dings.
1: You know, (laughs) sometimes they're the only dings we get. Yeah like now. But Neville grabs for Luna because she's busy staring at the pretty balls, which I imagine that was probably a weirdly satisfying sight to see in person. So I really don't blame Luna for wanting to watch because I'd been like, holy shit, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would be pretty cool. Right? But
1: maybe not the time. Exactly. That's the problem. But seriously, just all those balls falling into the ground, and that'd be kind of just fucking fun to watch. However, you know, you don't want to die, so Neville had the right idea, really.
0: Yeah, like I said, maybe not the time. Mm -hmm.
1: Also, interesting that prophecies can't be grabbed by anyone who isn't named in the prophecy, but apparently a 15-year-old can just go right the fuck up ahead and knock the shelves over and fuck it all up for everybody.
0: Yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit before, that Yeah. Destroying them doesn't count as picking them up or if you don't touch them. I don't know.
1: That just seems like a not well thought through plan.
0: To be fair, I don't think that the majority of the Department of Mysteries unspeakables were considering a 18 person duel taking place in the Hall of Prophecy. Well, that's on them. (laughs) Like, why would they do that? What would make a situation like this arise?
1: You know, there was one guy that was like, okay, but what if kids get in? Damn it. Bob was right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everyone at that staff meeting was just like, that's stupid, Bob. There is no way that that's going to ever happen. We don't even let most people in there to begin with. Why would a kid be in there? and how are the shelves gonna get knocked down I mean come
0: on and then the next staff meeting Bob's just sitting there like I don't want to say I told you so (laughs) shut up Bob (laughs) (laughs) oh my god
1: Bob the unspeakable might be my new favorite character (laughs) Because you know he's sitting there just like, I don't want to say anything, but, you know, and they're just like. But I'm gonna. And everybody else is just going, you know what, Bob? Why don't you be an unspeakable and unspeak?
0: Zip it. Come on, Bob. Just shut the fuck up. You don't want any of your lip, Bob. (laughs) Fucking Bob. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God.
1: I'm enjoying this thought way too much. But moving on, yes. They get to the door and go through it. However, it doesn't take them where they came from. Instead, they plummet to the goddamn ground from a ridiculous height. But just before hitting the stone ground, which would make for some insanely young pancakes, they come to a stop just before the splat and float like right above the actual surface for a split second before they drop the rest of the way insanely young pancakes huh insanely young most pancakes need to mature a bit before they become pancakes sure don't don't question me ellen shut up <laughs> uh-huh oh insanely young pancakes
0: <laughs> episode title <laughs> right <laughs> insanely young pancakes insanely young. what does this relate to <laughs> I always like to think of
1: the keepers, like, seeing the episode title and just being like, now how on earth?
0: <laughs> right? I love it when I ask for their opinion when we can't decide. <laughs>
1: you give them no when I go in the patron chat,
0: I'm like, here are our options. And Mike's always just like, I don't know how to pick from that. I have no idea why you said any of those things.
1: <laughs> the lack of context is the funniest part.
2: Yeah. I, I, I love it me.
1: so much. Anyway, Insanely Young Pancakes, sticking with it. They all groan a bit when they get up, but they're young, so shut up, you're fine. Just saying. My ass would be out of commission for like a week, but y'all are good. You got young bones. Enjoy it. Luckily, despite all that hullabaloo, somehow Harry still has his ball safely in his hand, where it should be.
0: Which is yet another little ding, because they do make mention in the book about how he makes it through the door and still has a good grip on the prophecy, so... Yay. There is that. Sure. Little dings.
1: Ron says the thing that we've been saying for a number of episodes now Department of Mysteries is mysterious. What? What? It's crazy. They definitely picked the right name.
0: Which is hilarious to me because we've been saying it about all of these other wacky shitted rooms. <laughs> I'm going with it. I don't know what I just said there, but I'm going with it. <laughs> wacky shitted rooms. And this one, they fell through a door and paused a little bit before they hit the floor. I mean... So
1: mysterious. But they could have been insanely young pancakes. So the mystery is how they're not insanely young pancakes right now.
0: But it's one thing and Ron's just like aptly named and... Or maybe he was they just out taking it as else. everything. Like, where are all of the other crazy rooms Well, to this Department of Mysteries? I'm really bummed that those weren't in there.
1: I mean, maybe... No, I agree with you there. But maybe he was thinking it the whole time, but... What
0: do you mean the whole time? They've been in this place for five minutes. (laughs) They literally got off the elevator, walked into the room, and picked up the prophecy. Like, nothing has happened until this point.
1: That's long enough to... Come on. (laughs) I don't know. However, it does sort of get a little more mysterious from here because they stand and try to take in their surroundings, and we hear a creepy-ass whispering that never bodes well coming from a big-ass archway in the middle of the room. Now, we all know what's going on here. However, even if we didn't, the unwritten rule is stay away from voices in an arch. It just is. It's not rocket science. Like, you hear whispering, you can't see where it's coming from, you fuck off real quick. You think... This is day one lessons.
0: And I know we already talked about how the movie didn't Mm pre-introduce the archway. Yeah. In the moment where it was pre-introduced in the book. Sure. But I still stick with that because this doesn't do anything. It doesn't. This was like a split second. They're in the room. They didn't encounter it. There wasn't Hermione's real fear about it. It was just like, hey, there's this creepy archway we're hearing whispering. I don't see this as the same introduction. No, it wasn't at all. Especially since they're in such a panic at this moment. They're not paying that much attention to it.
1: I mean, and maybe that's kind of what they were going for because they were in such a panic. But yet Harry still stops and is like staring at this archway. Yeah. The fact that it catches his attention enough to where he stops what he's doing and like... He's just staring
0: at it. And Luna is he Gets too. completely entranced by it. Yeah. So does Ginny.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's kind of what they were going for. It did not translate onto the screen unless you're sitting here listening to us and watching it at the same time and going, huh, yeah, that's right. They did kind of do that there. Yeah. I think...
0: The pre introduction, because now, like, this isn't a pre introduction at this point. It's just an introduction. It's about to go down. Yeah. Like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when they encountered it before, when they were on their way to try and find Sirius, they had a little bit more focus to really build up the mystery behind it. Right now, this is not a priority. No. And we're like, the fucking murder munchers are coming. Why are you talking about this whispering? Yeah, there's murder munchers on smoke ponies making their way downtown. Making their way. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) Making their way downtown, smoking past. Speaking of making their way. Speaking of making their way, Harry starts making his way towards the arch because it's Harry and he is, in fact, going to Harry. It's kind of what he does. It's exactly what he does. (laughs) Pretty much. We literally call it pulling a Harry. So he asks the others if they can tell what the creepy ass whispering voices are saying. And Hermione comes back with, obviously, I don't hear any voices. So there aren't any voices. There are no voices, Harry. You're stupid. Also, we should leave.
0: Which is, again, kind of a ding. It's kind of a ding. It's in the wrong place. Yeah. It doesn't get across the same fear and panic that she was kind of showing No. In the book.
1: No, but we didn't have time because we skipped all of the time where we could have panicked.
0: And we could have had We even skipped the entire room of time. Exactly. Of course there wasn't any time.
1: Ugh, so sad. And we didn't get a baby headed Death Eater. What the fuck?
0: That's That would have been the fucking funniest thing to see. How does anybody read that section of the book chapter and go, eh, "We don't need this in the movie?"
1: I almost want to take away my forgiveness of the montage for Harry's mic drop line about I must not tell lies, professor, just because they didn't include this. I kind of want to be like, "You know right? what? Never mind. You don't get. You know what? You don't get that.
0: You were forgiven, but now you're unforgiven." Yeah. I'm angry again. Yeah. Let's wrap this episode up. I'm yes. getting emotional.
1: Fucking hell. <laughs> <sighs> Now, I do agree on that last point that she makes. She should fucking leave. Yeah. (laughs) They need to get the F out of there. (laughs) Exactly. So there's that. And in true Luna fashion of being the person that you don't really want to agree with you, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to have some sort of backup. Well, yeah. She says that she can hear the voices as well, to which Hermione is just like, no, it's a stupid empty archway. Let's go.
0: And again, It's a little ding. Yeah. It's just wrong.
1: It's still not really showing the fear. It's more like her being like, okay, we got to get out of here. Let's go.
0: And like I was saying, because it's not really a pre-introduction. Yeah. It's not foreshadowing really much of anything. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they meant it to, but it didn't work in my opinion. Yeah.
1: So at this point, Harry somehow feels the prickles on his neck that imply an impending attack and shouts for everyone to get behind him. And they all do so because... What else are you going to do? And they prepare for the onslaught of murder munchers. Riding in on their smoke ponies, there's a kerfuffle. And when the smoke ponies are gone, Harry is laying on the ground, and everyone else is being held captive by their very own murder muncher. Fun! Fun indeed! Good times! You get a murder muncher, and you get a murder muncher, and you get a murder
0: muncher! Everybody Everybody gets a a murder murder muncher! muncher! Yeah, and this is where we're going to cut off the movie section, not because it lines up so well with the book chapter section, but because the next part will line up better for us cutting it here. Yeah.
1: It's really a pick and choose type of deal today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it was really just smoke ponies, so it's not like we even have murder munchers to talk about. Yeah. They didn't do much. We'll get a little bit more, I think, ish, sort of. Not really. In the next section. No. But it's just sort of strange because the book has them split off and they're all like, some are down and they're all fine here. And it's just, it's not, it wasn't the same. It didn't feel as dire, I think, until this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't as touch and go. Definitely. It was just a lot of go. And now they're being touched. Whoa.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Well, that got weird.
0: Yeah. Let's just move on to the Potter pondering. Which, like I said, we want to know how you all feel about the movie leaving out the other rooms from the Department of Mysteries. Like, what did you really wish you could have seen to make that place feel more mysterious?
1: And why is your answer baby-headed Death Eater? (laughs) Because (laughs) that's the only right answer.
0: I mean, you can want to see other things and that. I mean... I can't imagine there being anybody sitting here listening to us going, no, I didn't want to see that baby-headed Death Eater. But baby-headed Death Eater? (laughs) Baby-headed Death Eater. Baby-headed Murder Muncher. Yeah. And while you're at it telling us why it was the baby-headed Murder Muncher that you really wanted to see, go ahead and ponder along with us about what would actually happen to him. Is he stuck with a baby head forever? How does that just... Where do your wild thoughts go? What questions do you have from that that we can discuss?
1: what age is he essentially then
0: right does it average out do you go, by the, babies, do you the you go by the brain age or the body age hmm. i mean chances are the body's gonna give out before the brain does at this point but it's wild what do you guys think tell us more about it let's do this y'all come on find the post on our facebook page and share your thoughts or call us at 216-526-6792 and leave your responses a voicemail make sure you start off telling us your name and then go into your answer don't forget you can also stitch your response on TikTok. We really look forward
1: to reading, hearing, and seeing them. Please send us your sorting hat stories at for Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with
0: us. Or you can message it to us over social media. This week's trivia question is, what spell does Dolahov cast on Neville? The first one who responds with the correct answer and the code word, twisted with glee, will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at forfoxsakepodcast at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it.
1: Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. Following us on Podbean at foxsakepod.podbean.com will get you
0: the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. You can also go to our website at forfoxsakepodcast.com to check out our For Fox Sake and Harry Potter related merchandise for sale. Don't forget to
1: subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post our weekly podcast episodes, cooking show episodes,
0: vlogs, bloopers, and other random videos. If you would like to support us as a patron, you can sign up on Patreon.com FoxSakePod. $2 and up a month will get you some awesome perks like, for Fox Sakes, swag, access to patron-only Facebook groups, chats, our Discord channel, virtual hangouts, and more. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated, even if it's just telling your Harry Potter friends about us. And if you don't have any Harry Potter friends, there's another reason to join our Patreon because you will meet some of the best Harry Potter people ever. I mean, just the best people ever, really. There's that too. Period. End of sentence. And join us next week when we talk about the third part of Chapter 35, Beyond the Veil, and the sort of corresponding film scenes.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. And in the meantime, keep calm and carry on. Oh, for
2: fuck's sake.